devil in the detail. <laughs> <laughs>、Devil、in the detail, so put red devils independent fan podcast with me, Rob Parks. And join the show this week as I've got Paul Whiteside, right? Paul, hey, Rob, you okay, mate? Yeah, good week, mate. Yeah, very good, mate. Really good. Um, quite surprised actually on, on Sunday with the performance and really filled me with a lot of confidence now going to, to Lee on Saturday. Whereas you know, I was a bit nervous, but now I've got like renewed optimism and I'm really happy because the last sort of three games, you know, if we include the whole game and the witness game as well, we've we, we played really well, I think, and I think things are really looking up. Yeah, and you've been spotted by one of our listeners, haven't you, today? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> I'm you know, doing my,、uh, my, my day job, my、uh, mending boilers day job, and <clears throat> the lady whose house it was in, her dad came and we got talking about Salford, and he happened to be a season ticket holder and he recognised me off YouTube or something, he said. So. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Fame doesn't change, doesn't change you, pal. No, not at all, not at all. Okay, so what's on the show this week? We've got the news. We've got a review of the fantastic victory over Huddersfield. We've got the amateur report, and we've also got a preview of the up and coming game this Saturday against Lee. Cool. So what we'll do? We'll start with all the news. Gentlemen, detail news. So first bit of news. For the Sofra Devils fans this week,、uh, tickets still available for the Lee Clash on Saturday. £22 for an adult, £18 for over 65s, and £6 for under 18s. Paul, hoping for a big following, such a big game. Yeah, I was, saw something on the internet today saying that we've sold over, I think it's 500 tickets up to now, and it's only, it's only Wednesday. So, yeah, I hope everybody, I mean, that's just tickets as well. So, people are obviously going to go down there and pay on the gate. It's not far to Lee as well, is it now? So,、uh, Hopefully, we get like a thousand there and,、uh, and really cheer the lads on because I think we're going to need all the support we can get with、um, you know, Leah getting decent crowds out and they've got a bit of momentum. So, the, you know, the more people can get down there and cheer our lads on, the better. Yeah, it's always a big game at Salford and Lee, Paul. And like you said, outstanding you know, early week ticket sales show that you know, the fans are up for this contest. Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, it is, it's a good rivalry with Lee and that's probably been built up over the last sort of. Well, especially since that 2003 season. So, over the last sort of 15 years or so, really, it? this little rivalry we've got with Lee, and you know, they're not far away from us, are they? And I think it's a good rivalry as well. It's good to have that. I mean, there's plenty of Yorkshire teams in the Super League, isn't there? And I think sometimes there's a bit too many. We, we need that, those, those Lancashire sides in there to play against. And you know, I've got a fond memory of playing against Lee, and I'm really looking forward to it on, on Saturday. Yeah, coach travel is available as well. It's £11 、uh, per person for the coach travel,、uh, picking up from Shanders. At 12 45, the Royal Souvenir at 10 to, no, sorry, 5 to 1, Eccles Town Hall at 10 past 1, and then the AJ Bell at 125. If you want to get on that coach or get a ticket, you can ring 0161 786 1570.、Uh, and we're hoping for a big following. Obviously, you know, it's great the club are putting on coaches for fans to get down there. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, I mean, let's hope we can, we can take a few down there and. Like I said, I was looking this week about going on the train, but there's not really a train you can get to. I don't think they have a station in Lee. I think your nearest station is Daisy Hill or Atherton, so you're struggling really. So the coach is the perfect opportunity, I think, to go,、uh, or if you can't get down there in a car. So yeah, get, get down there if you can, because I know it's on Sky, but there's nothing, nothing beats in an away game. Away games are brilliant, and、uh, I can't wait. Yeah, we're all, all looking forward to the game on Saturday. Next bit of news we've got is the Sulphur Red Devils Foundation Multi Sport Summer Camps are up and running. Uh, it sounds like they're having really good、uh, time down there.、Uh, the next one、uh, is the 15th of August to the 17th of August. It's basically £15 a day or £30 for three days, Paul. It's great, you know, the, the, the club are doing this in the summer holidays for, for the fans and the kids. Oh, yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, and like we've been saying all season, haven't we? Things like this is it's good to get, get the children involved because there's plenty of local kids in there and local schools and. Local teams as well, you know, doing the amateur report every week. I sort of see all the, what all the amateur clubs are doing, all the great work they're doing as well. So, so yeah, yeah that's brilliant. Yeah, there's also on the 22nd of August to the 24th of August, like I said, £15 a day or £30for three days. It's for boys and girls aged from 6 to 11. If you want to get on that, you can email joanne.shepherd at reddevilsrugby.co.uk or ring 0161 786 1590. One、uh, next bit of news we've got is the Lance, Trod, Lance Todd Trophy dinner. It's at the AJ Bell Stadium this year. It's on the 31st of August,、uh, Paul. You know, it's a great occasion.、Uh, you know, obviously, get a chance to see the Lance Todd、uh, Trophy winner from the Challenge Cup final. 
Oh yeah, it's a great occasion. I think they've had it. Have they had it at the Lowry a few times? They always seem to have it somewhere good, and I believe it's a really good night. So uh, you know, if you can get to that, uh, I think it's uh, something you, you need to you need to do. It's a bit like going to Wembley and watching the Challenge Cup final. It's something you've got to do, I think, uh, in your lifetime. So uh, so yeah, get to that if you can. Yeah, sixty-five quid ahead. Uh, tables of ten for six hundred quid, uh, and uh, basically, uh, if you you know loads of money, you can get on the Lance Todd. Uh, table of 10 and that's a thousand pounds so if you're obviously a local business Paul you might want to invest and, and take a few clients with you uh, yeah I was just thinking I better, I better get some overtime and <laughs> I'm going to go to the Lansford Trophy dinner. but yeah you know if you're a local business or something it's, it's an ideal opportunity isn't it to uh, to go to something like that because it is really is a, a blue chip sort of event isn't it? the Lansford Trophy dinner, you know famous famous thing that it is so uh, it's something I'd, I'd love to go to uh, one day hopefully when I've got a bit more cash yeah, next bit of news we've got is uh, Paul Lighton uh, finished his Ride to Rio uh, challenge for charity, Paul. You know, fantastic effort getting there. And, you know, it's, it's we're, you know, we're all made up for him, aren't we? Oh, yeah, I've been following him, like we've been saying here on here every week, haven't we? I've been following him on Facebook and this and then Twitter and, and what have you. And he's done, he's done a marvellous job, hasn't he, to, to do that. And, you know, I bet it's been, I bet there's been some rough conditions over there, haven't there? It's not like... Um, the most safest place in the world is it you know some of the places that he's been to and you know he's he's done really well to do that and you know congratulations to him I think he deserves a well earned rest after that now done in a, in a few beers and that because uh, that, that's some achievement what he's done yeah especially with the, the Olympics being there it's kind of a centre of all sport and it's unbelievable what, what like you say what he's achieved so well done Paul from everyone on the podcast and we'll we'll see you you know in a couple of weeks on the podcast and you can tell us all about it then uh, next bit of news we've got is the uh, basically the official uh, photographer Steve McCormick uh, has basically raised over a thousand pounds for the cardiac research in the young charity in the memory of former soccer player Leon Walker. Uh, you know he's, he's, he he takes great photos uh, and he also you know he runs really well as well. He does take great photos. He does some fantastic photos. He's fantastic photography and all some other stuff. I've just been looking tonight actually some of the fan pictures from uh, from Sunday's game. Really entertaining. But yeah, that's a great. Um, Great thing he's done there, and I mean it's in a, a great cause as well for uh, for for young Leon Walker, who's sadly no longer with us. And um, yeah, that's that's brilliant work, and um, they'll just echo what you said, Rob. Fantastic. Yeah, ran ran ten k, uh, which anyone who who does a bit of bit of athletic running, uh, you know, ten k is a long way. I know I've done some people like yourself, Paul, bit of, you know, do a bit of boxing, bit of fitness. Ten uh, k is is still a long way even for you. Yeah, I couldn't run ten k, Rob. <laughs> no, no, in my dodgy knees, it's about six miles, isn't it? So yeah. that's um, that, that's really good, and I suppose it was wrote like outside as well. So yeah, that take that takes some doing that ten k. So big, well done from everyone on the podcast, Steve, and uh, well, obviously I'll have you, on, have you on the show if you can tell us all about your your run and, and how you take such uh, good photos. So next bit of news, the last bit of news we've got is Adam Warren, DJ, uh, super DJ, we'll call him. You know, on on the, the on the Twitter, you know, banging out some tunes, Paul. You know, you know, multi talented. That's what it's that's what it's all about. Yeah, sounds like without the next uh, what's his name, Fat Boy Slim, is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That. You got any, been... any hidden talents, Paul? Uh, I could play guitar. Oh yeah. yeah I could play guitar. Yeah, I used to, I used to do a bit a few years ago. Well, a long Bang. time ago now. Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, when I was about 18, 19, I started leaving school. We used to play. Well, I was actually born in Rochdale. For uh, I keep that quiet, but um, so I'm from that neck of the woods. My dad's a Salford lad, but I'm actually a Rochdale lad. And we used to play a few pubs and clubs in the in, in the Rochdale. You want to shout the band's name out? People, might... we were called we were called the Stand. Yeah, it was called the Stand. Yeah, we did um, one summer. We supported um, an old rock and roll band called Stony Ground. Yeah. They were all like they were a bit like um, Motorhead, you know, with the long hair and beards and all that. Whereas we were more clean cut, shaven, Oasis type lads with the funny haircuts. But no, it was good. I enjoyed it. But rugby league got in the way of it in the end. And I think we split up after one Sunday. I think I. Uh, Went to Ulcair, you know that last game at Ulcair, we we lost, but we still won the league. I think it was two thousand and three. Yeah, uh, we were supposed to be doing a big gig that day, and I naffed off to go there. So that was the end of it after that. Salford always gets in the way of everything. Yeah, could have been a musical millionaire now, Paul. You could have been. I won't swap it for. I won't swap myself and support him for the world, mate. <laughs> I, I don't really have any kind of head uh, in talents. Uh, I'm I'm good at Jenga. That's about it, really. What's that? Jenga. It's like, oh, know, is that where you do the bricks and? Yeah, oh, yeah. pulling bricks out. You know, steady and me, I can do that. To be honest, I wish I wish I could play a new musical instrument. I wish I could play the piano. Uh, that'd be yeah. great. I could sing. 
I suppose that I've got a quite good singing voice, people say. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you could play me. you good on the old karaoke, Rob? Yeah, oh, yeah, you try and get me off a karaoke machine when it when it when it comes on. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's I suppose that's one of my hidden talents. I can I can sing. So anyway, yeah, that's pretty cool. thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> and what we'll do now, we'll we'll talk about the other field game, uh, which we won on uh, on Sunday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, big win for Sulphur Red Devils against Huddersfield Giants. Uh, Paul, you know, much-needed uh, first win of the Super 8s. Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. Sunday was... Uh, I remember saying, I think I spoke to you on Sunday after the game, we were saying about how much of a complete performance it was. And that was the most pleasing thing. I mean, we've had spells in games where we've done well, but for the 80 minutes, I thought, on, on Sunday, it was a really polished performance in defence as well and attack. I thought both aspects of the game were superb. Huddersfield had like a, a little spell of about three or four minutes where they scored back-to-back tries. But even when, with those, I think both those tries came on the back of oh, a couple of harsh penalties. And um, the first half, it was mistake-free, really. There was one or two bits and bobs, but nothing really. Completion rate was really good. It was a really, really fluent performance. And it was very pleasing, you know, going, especially with this big game against Lee this week. I think that was more important than the... Uh, than the, the result, really. It was the performance, really, what pleased me. Yeah, I think it was the most complete performance I've seen in a, in a Salford shirt, you know, for, for a while. You know, they were, they were in, the intense level was up. You know, there was no kind of errors. Uh, they, were, they were fantastic for me, Paul. And, you know, it's a really good sign that we're going into this uh, this Super 8s in that kind of form. And, and hopefully, you know, we're going to get better and better. Yeah, well, it was a bit like the St. Helens game, wasn't it, earlier in the season? I mean, that was, was more or less a perfect night, wasn't it? In the first half against Warrington, when we scored all those points, obviously we lost in the second half. But those those sort of spells earlier in the season, we've seen bits of that, haven't we? You know, here and there in games, but we've not really had a complete eighty minutes where we've destroyed somebody. I thought we did. We took Huddersfield apart, really, didn't we? And like their coach said, we run out, we run harder, we tackled harder. We just seem to have that enthusiasm from the word go. And if you start like that in a game. It's very hard as the opposition team like Huddersfield. I think I thought they found it hard to get back into the game because we didn't let them into the game. I mean, you know, Danny Brough there, he's a good player, but we never give him any room. And that Jamie Ellis had a good half a pair in them too, but we didn't give him any room. And I thought we tackled them into the ground and they didn't really have any options. And our kicking game as well, that was outstanding. You know, a sharp kicking game from Robert Louis, the grubber kicks there that he put through. That all gets you on um, stands you in good stead because you you got those repeat sets and it's all adding pressure onto the other side and. I thought that was that was brilliant. Michael Dobson, as I said there, some of the kicks he did in that second half there, just just pinning Huddersfield back, and it was just you could see the um, the confidence draining out of the Giants. I mean, it was it was a really good performance. Yeah, Salford's lineup was O'Brien at fullback, Justin Carney, Josh Griffin, Junior South, Mason Caton Brown, Rob Lewitt, Michael Dobson, Craig Cock, Jack Logan Tompkins, George Griffin, Ben Murnett Masala, Feletti Mattel, and Mark Flanagan on the bench for Salford was Wellerackett, Luke Burgess, Ollie Crinickett, and Sean Kenny. Uh, two new boys made the debuts, Paul, uh, and both, you know, impressed for me. Excellent, yeah. Uh, I don't Philly Mite, sorry, Feliti Mateo. Easy for you to say. <laughs> um, I thought I didn't think he'd, he'd, he'd do as many minutes as what he did actually, and I think um, he'll probably do more as, as he as he gets fitter. But the the bit that we did see of him. I thought he looked really quality. You know, he got some cracking passes out and he looks like he's got a really good soft pair of hands, good distributor of the ball and, you know, he looked really a real quality player and Luke Burgess as well. You can tell with Luke Burgess, he's, he spent a lot of time in the NRL, just the way he played the game. He did the simple things right. He landed on his front. He was up quick to play the ball. It was like having sort of two Craig Copjacks in the team. When Craig went off after about 20 minutes, Luke Burgess came on. He had that, that goal forward. I think I mentioned it last week, you know, We've not really had that coming off the bench, have we? But they, they both look quality and, and they added that bit of size that we needed as well. And that's going to stand us in good stead, I think, that in the middle eights. Yeah, and also hat-trick hero, Mason Caton Brown. Everybody's friend, Mason Caton Brown, his official title. Another hat-trick, two, two hat-tricks in three games. You know, one... Yeah, he got a hat-trick at Witness, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. What a... Yeah, he, he, he was outstanding again. He's the, the pace, he's got pace to burn, hasn't he? And particularly the highlight, I thought, was that... Um, there was a bit of a skirmish between Danny Bruff and, and Logan Tompkins and the referee, actually. I thought it was good refereeing, really, from from Childs. He didn't actually give us a penalty. He just sort of said, you know, get on with it, play the ball. And we did. And we sort of moved the ball from one side of the pitch to the other. And I can't remember who got the pass out to Caton Brown. It was a fantastic ball out. And his finish, oh, it was 
it was like watching the young Martin Afire, you know, the way he skirted round to score there. So, I mean, he, he can't put a foot wrong at the moment, Caitlin Brown. He's on, he's on fire, he's, he's on top form, and uh, I can't wait to see him on Saturday against Lee. Yeah, pace to burn, power, precision, athleticism. You know, it's unbelievable. All shown, you know, by his three uh, scores. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's going to put, you know, some pressure on, on the Salford back line. You know, if he's on form, you know, the players want to back into the team. And he's there scoring hat-trick after hat-trick. You know, it, it shows the quality he's got. He's going to take some shifting on him in the first try that he scored. I know um, Steve McCormack, the, the photographer, he put a picture on, on you know, one of the photographs he'd taken. I think it got on the front page of the League Express or the League Weekly. And um, it was a fantastic finish, acrobatic finish, you know, to get round the corner flag and, and put the ball down. And that's that's the way that, that wingers are going now, aren't they? You look at Denny Solomona at Castleford. They've been scoring some outstanding tries, aren't they, making St. Helens. And we look like we've got one of those wingers now. And I think that's important now because if you can get those sort of tries, I mean, sometimes years gone by, them tries, you know, they wouldn't be giving you being touched. But now players are scoring them, aren't they? And to have someone like Mason Kate Brown in our armory, I think it's a, a massive tool for us to have. Yeah. Salford, though, open the scoring with a try from George Griffin. Great step uh, to get through the defence, Paul. He's been, you know, pretty good this season. He's working hard and but so very much deserved that first try. I think if anybody deserves most improved player this season, I think it's George Griffin because I think he's been outstanding. And um, I was speaking um, to my dad on, on the weekend about, you know, just, just seeing if anybody from Salford would have a chance of getting called up, you know, to the England squad and training squad and that and I, I've heard people mention Gareth O'Brien, but I tell you what, George Griffin for me, he should be in there because you you name a better prop forward than him in the you know an English prop forward than him in the, the league at the moment. He plays above his weight, he runs the ball in out, he tackles well. You know when he comes off the pitch there, he's absolutely shot to pieces, isn't he? The the, the graph that he puts in, and uh, no, I think he's he's just improved as the weeks have gone on this season, and you wouldn't be without him now, would you? Him and Craig Copjack are your first you know forwards on the team sheet every week, and I thought he was outstanding. He took his try really well. Yeah, so then, obviously, Mason Caton Brown is first with that athletic effort in the corner. Uh, we got a penalty from O'Brien to make it 14-0, uh, Paul. And, you know, we, we were looking forward there. We were thinking, you know, we're on top and we're playing well. We certainly was, yeah. I mean, you could have argued there that we could have run that couple we had Huddersfield on the ropes, but I thought it was a good decision, you know, 12-0. That... That that kick there, it just gives you that bit more confidence and it just puts a bit more doubt in Huddersfield's minds and it's three scores behind. And, uh, you know, it worked out really well for us. And then, well, Iraqi grabbed that try just before our time as well. He showed really good strength to go over. And that, that was a match-winning lead for us, that really, at half-time. Yeah, Huddersfield put on, under lots of pressure before that. I think it was four sets on our line. Uh, they're asking all, the, all kinds of questions, but the Solver defence held out. Uh, and it's good to see, you know, the, the, the players there grafting and they get rewarded with that well Iraqi try, you know, a couple of minutes before our time. They deserved it. The, the defence on the, the goal line, defence scrambling defence was outstanding all afternoon. Uh, they really did work hard for each other. And like you said there, Huddersfield had a lot of ball. I think there was one one there where they had a couple of dropouts. They got a penalty. There's about three or four sets of six on the line. And, you know, they've got good halfbacks, as we mentioned before, in, in Danny Bruff and, and Jamie Ellis and, and young Kyle Wood that came off the bench for him as well. So they've got attacking options and, you know, people to go to. And, and they didn't really have a clue, Huddersfield. We were on top of them and in their faces straight away. And, and that's that's what you need to be, you know, to, to that sort of intense defence. And if we can come up with that again this weekend coming, I think we'll, we'll be OK. Yeah, defence was spot on for me. Like you say, it's always good to nil, nil a team uh, in the first half. Uh, and obviously that try by Wellerake, you know, put our lead up to 20 nil at half-time. I thought he was outstanding while Iraqi threw out. Uh, he made a few bursts uh, and good goal forward as well. Possibly his best shirt, best game in a Salford shirt so far. Yeah, I thought he played well on, on Sunday. I thought I thought everybody played well. I mean, Ben Murdoch, my salary, he's another one. He really run the ball in our, didn't he? And as we mentioned before, um, I just thought we wanted that game more than, uh, than Huddersfield. We sort of came out with a good tempo running it in, you know, and Ben Murdoch, my salary, is another one. He's a big lad and he took some stopping and, you know, 20 nil at half-time, you know, I was thinking, aren't you, we're still not home and holes there, you know, watching Sov, seen us throw leads away before and the Warrington game this season, we chucked that lead away. So I thought the important thing for me is we came out second half and, you know, for the first 10 minutes of the second half, it was sort of end-to-end -end stuff. But when um, Michael Dobson put a beautiful pass on for Ben Murdoch, Masala for that that try there, to, I thought I thought that was the game game clincher, really, that one. Yeah, great. Pass by Dobson, Ben Murdoch, Masala, took the ball, crashed over. You know, he's 
had a few quiet weeks, but obviously the Super 8 qualifiers have come along and he upped his game. Fantastic performance for me. I think it helps having Luke Burgess in the middle. It allows him to come a bit on the you know, on edges and do some real damage. Yeah, because that's where he can do the damage, can't he? He's a big lad running out wide and it, no, one's gonna, no one was going to stop him when he hit that. He hit a perfect line from, from Michael Dobson. I've just been watching the tries again today and no, no one no one on earth was going to stop Ben Murdoch Masala scoring that try. Yeah, and then Huddersfield hit back with two quick tries. Our defence was a bit, bit, bit sloppy, let's call it. Um, you know, we're going to have to time that up in that period of the game, let's say. Um, obviously, you know, tiredness and concentration levels being 20 nil up at that point uh, might come into it. But Huddersfield are a champion side and, and they came back to 24-12, Paul. What, what was your thought process? you think at that point, you think, you know, what, here we go again? Well, yeah, when they got it back to 24-12, it was an important stage of the game there. I mean, they were, they were soft tries then, really. let's be honest. They were quite soft, you know, near the line. Um, and there was 20 minutes left there, and I thought, this next set's a really big set of six. And I think, um, I think it was Luke Burgess or someone put, put a big hit on there. I think Huddersfield spilled the ball. Then Danny Bruff obviously had that incident with, with Logan Tompkins. And then we, we scored just after that from, from Mason Caton Brown from that, that lovely move that we just mentioned before where we threw the ball across the pitch and... That was like about a minute later, I think. That so, really, we didn't really have to panic for long because uh, with Mason going over, that sort of put us further ahead, twenty-eight, twelve, and that was the game really. Then I thought, yeah, talking about the the Bruff incident, a lot of hysteria on on Twitter uh, with his only his, his two match ban. Obviously, only misses the two games against the 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 champion uh, the championship side. It was it was very very you know tough. It was it was very very deliberate for, for me. Um, do you reckon two games too lenient? Do you think? Um, it was cynical, wasn't it, really? It was... What's the word I'm looking for? It was a cheap shot, wasn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, you used to see a lot of that in the game and, you know, since there's a lot more games on Sky, you don't really see all that anymore and, you know, you don't really want that in the game but, it's, for me, I mean, two games, yeah. But the only thing is, when you look at what Rangi Chase got, you know, you got eight games, didn't you? I mean, you could say two games is, is spot on. I mean, I've not really got any arguments for two games, but if you compare it to what other people have got, then, well, it is a bit unfair. I mean, Carney got two games this season for, for a bit of a nothing tackle, and I've seen some hits from the Catalan Witness game today where players were dumped on the on the backsides, and yet nothing's been said. So it's very, very inconsistent, the disciplinary thing, and I think a lot of supporters were expecting him to, to sort of get off lightly with that, and I think he has done well. I think he's been lucky, because if you go back to the game at um, Huddersfield earlier on this season... I think Danny Bruff clattered uh, Mason Caton Brown with a really, you know, out of order challenge, and he got away with that. So it seems certain players seem to get away, certain teams even seem to get away with things, and uh, I don't think that's right. I just think it's the inconsistency, Paul. You know, obviously, Bruff, that's what wind supporters up. Yeah, I think. people get so frustrated, angry about it. For me, if you're looking at the Rangi Chase one, uh, was it seven games he got uh, for, for 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 that um, sort of offence? Um, you know, looking at Simmer, it was intentional. He looked at Logan Tonkins on the ground before before he he dug his elbow into his face. Um, so for me, I thought two games was 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 very 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 unfair. I'm thinking six, seven, eight games should should have been you know the ideal thing. But obviously, with two games now, he only misses the two championship games and he's back for the for, for the Super League games later on in Super League opposition games later on in in the in the competition. Uh, but if he'd have got sort of let's say three or four. Um, you know, it could have been a different story. Huddersfield might have been in trouble. Yeah, yeah, because Huddersfield is a totally different team without Danny Bruff. But the the way I, I was sort of looking at it was, I thought last season, um, not so much this season, we've, we've not had a, the bands have with this season, but say, you know, that had been last season, we had Corey Patterson playing for us. I think he did something in the league game, in the Challenge Cup game, and he got about three games for something. It wasn't as bad as what Danny Bruff did. So if we sort of say, was it... George Griffin or someone for Salford, or, or Logan Tompkins. Say Logan Tompkins would have done that on Sunday. Would he have got two games? He probably wouldn't have done. He probably got four or five, wouldn't he? So that's that's what annoys supporters. There seems to be sometimes a bit of an agenda, don't there, that other teams get away with things. It's like the other week with Sean O'Loughlin. Didn't Sean Wayne complain about something and he only got one game or something? I can't remember what it was for now, but it's very, very inconsistent. And it's like, like I said last week, it's potluck sometimes, the disciplinary. You don't really know what they're going to get and other players seem to get off with it. So I think it does need a bit of an overall because supporters are getting fed up with it. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, from the result in, uh, result in play, uh, Salford went over in the corner. Second try for everybody's friend, Mason Caton Brown. Inside, outside, dives over in the corner, shows brilliant pace, brilliant power. You know, second try, crucial moment in the game. Happy days. 
joy to watch that. Try the game on it. Absolutely outstanding. It was a great movie. Took your breath away watching that. I mean, that's what you pay to go and see, don't you? Rugby League played like that. It's best moving from one side of the pitch to the other. And then a bloke with a load of pace at the end. Like I said before, it reminded me of Martin Fire. He used to score tries like that. And, you know, I'm not saying Mason Crown, Mason Caitlin Brown as quick as him, but I bet he's not far short because he is like lightning. And there's nothing better than watching a winger score a try like that. And I was dead chuffed for him as well because he's had, um, he's had his first year of injuries, hasn't he? And, He's had his confidence knocked and this, that and the other and, and dropped out of the side. And he, he's come back now and he's he's taken that opportunity with both hands. And you've got people like Daniel Vido and, and Naya Levels waiting in the wings. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna have to wait the turn now because I, I think he's going to take some shifting out of that team. Yeah. And then the hat-trick try for everybody's friend, Mason Caton-Brown. Uh, Matteo, first the line, offloads it. Uh, and Caton-Brown's there to pick up the pieces and score in a corner. That was a real money ball that from from Matteo, wasn't it? As I said before, he's he's got a lot of talent in. He reminded me a bit of that um, Ali Lawatiti used to play for Leeds. You know, just able to offload the ball. You know, out of a, out of attacking with a load of players around you. And that that's going to be a big asset to us. That you know, you don't forget he's not. That's his first game he's played with us. <clears throat> so once he settles into the to, to the team, I think he's going to be a really useful player. Yeah, Matteo uh, burst the line moment <clears throat> earlier and nearly scored. That nearly passed it on to Josh Griffin to score in the corner. You know, he's consistent. He made two big plays there. Uh, could have resulted in two tries, but we've definitely resulted in one, which has secured the game for us. Yeah, definitely. He looks a really handy player as well. And uh, he worked hard and tackled well. And that's that's what you want in your side, blokes who are going to offer it. I mean, anybody can sign somebody who's just going to head down and run the ball. In. But you need a bit more than that sometimes, don't you? And we've got those, those, those sort of X-factor players now, haven't we, in the side? And... Like we've said all season, I don't think we're that far off those, those top sides, Rob. I think, you know, we're one or two players short of being a really, really top side. And, um, you know, there's really, really exciting times ahead of us. And I'm really confident now that we can we can go on and we can win this middle eight. And that's, I think that's important, Matt. Yeah, and this is what Ian Watson had to say about the the win on Sunday. Yeah, it was, it was good. We've had a real good two weeks, to be fair. We've trained really hard over the two weeks looking forward to this um, the Huddersfield game because... We knew it was important that you got off to a win in your first game, so we threw a hell of a lot at the boys in the, the last two weeks, and they've accepted it, and then they've they've gone out there and executed it. To be fair, Mason Kerr Brown here. I guess his second hat-trick in three games. How impressed have you been with him? Yeah, brilliant. He, even Mace will tell you, probably didn't have his greatest game last week. He came up with a few errors, he did some good stuff as well. So there was a tough choice to be made this week, to be fair, between Mason and Niall, and um, Mace has um, shown the faith that we kind of put in him there today and like I say his, his two games the witness game and this game have been unreal he's, he's one of them who can just finish can't he with that speed um, so yeah no he's been great How important is it to get winning the opening weekend you and I was on the seven games in this little season Yeah I think it was, it was important for us um, before the game we spoke about trying to just keep it a low key and keep composed coming into this game but you could sense a little bit of nervousness in the boys during the week as well that it was a big game it's a Super League team first up and it's at home as well so it was a big one to get off to a win as well. How's Justin? Um, he's, he's getting checked now as we speak to be fair. Um, it's not swollen up or anything like that. Um, he's just feeling like his knee feels a little bit unstable so we'll probably send him for a scan tomorrow and then we'll probably have a little bit more news on that. What about the new guys? Using sparingly, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, during the week when they came in, we wanted to assess the fitness and where they were. Uh, Luke probably could have done more minutes, to be fair. Um, Felitti, he did, I think, around about 25 in his first spell and then he'd, he'd blown out. Um, but sometimes you get that as well, because don't forget you've got the travel factor in there as well and trying to adjust to the times, the sleep in there, probably awake. Well, we're asleep at the moment as well. And then all the other stuff with the training and the off-feet conditioning that, that we kind of put them through is um, a big thing for more to deal with within one week. Um, but Luke probably, yeah, he probably could have done a few more minutes for us. Um, Felicity and Luke will be better for this next week. Cool. What's about Vidi? What's, what's wrong with him at the moment? Um, nothing. He's fine. Oh, is he, is he yep. Yep, he is, yeah. Well, he'll tell you as well, his performances weren't yeah. up to a standard what Vido should be up to his standard. Um, yeah. We've had some chats between ourselves, myself yeah. and Vito, and he knows he'll hold his hands up and say he's not been playing yeah. his best rugby. And... So Ian Watson happy with the performance, uh, and so he should. It was a great win. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's every right to be, hasn't he? He's, it was a good. It was a great display. And as we said before, again, um, the the last three games have been good displays. The display at Witness was outstanding. I thought we played really well. 
against a good witness side on their pitch. And then the whole game at home, we was unlucky not to win. And Hull are playing some great stuff at the moment, and they got to Wembley and that. And we were dead unlucky in that game. So we played three really cracking matches now, and we've just got to take that momentum and that form into the game against Lee on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, he actually mentioned uh, no Daniel Vido. He mentioned him. He said he's had a talk with him. You know, I suppose with Kate and everybody's friend, Mason Kate and Brown, you know, in hot form, it's, it's going to be hard to, for Vido to get back in. But, you know, he is a class player. And I'm sure, you know, having him on the on the bench puts you know, extra pressure on the, on the backs to perform. Yeah, he's got to fight for his place, hasn't he? I mean, perhaps he was injured when he played early on the season. I mean, I don't want to disrespect him or anything, but I wasn't very impressed with him when, when I saw him. And if it was because he was carrying an injury, well, well, so be it. So when he does get his chance, he's got to take that opportunity because I don't know whether Justin Kahn is going to play this week. Now, he, he had a bit of a knock on uh, on Sunday. So if Justin's out, there's a space there for either Niall or, or Daniel Vido to come in. So if they do come in, they've got to take that opportunity with both hands, really. But do we know what's happened to, uh, to Josh Jones, Rob? Because Josh Jones didn't play on... Uh, yeah, he mentioned on, that on as well. He says he just he, he just pulled him um, some issues or something. He didn't really go into it, I suppose. We just hope he's, he's OK. Uh, and, you know, may hopefully he's going to be fit for, for Lee on, on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's he was a big... He would have been a big loss, but the likes uh, of Burgess, you know, and filled the gap, I suppose, in, in a way. Um, but, you know, we, I thought it was a fantastic performance um, on Sunday. Um, and I'm really hoping that, you know, the boys can, can do that again uh, against Lee uh, on Saturday. Yeah, definitely, and I'd just like to mention the young hooker as well, Sean Kenny. I thought he played really well when he came off the off the bench on Sunday, and uh, that lad took a, a bit of a knock in confidence, I think, on his debut, and he, he played against, uh, well, I don't think it was his debut, I think he played against Warrington, though, didn't he, early on, he was his second game, and, um, you know, he dropped the ball going towards the line, and I thought, I hope it doesn't affect his confidence, it didn't, he came back against Widnes, I thought he played really well there, and um, I thought he was outstanding. Um, on on Sunday, he showed a lot of pace and made some little breaks from from dummy half, and he looks like he's really progressing. So, uh, so good luck to him as well. Yeah, look at the stats, Paul. Uh, the top tacklers: uh, George Griffin with thirty, uh, Mark Flanagan with twenty four, Logan Tonkins with thirty six. Uh, you know the forwards putting plenty of effort into that to that, to that battle up front. Yeah, Matt Flanagan, he was outstanding. I saw him come off actually, and he's another one. He looked shattered. The amount of work he got through and. Uh, yeah, the forwards worked really hard. Logan Tompkins as well. I think Logan Tompkins is very underrated, I think, sometimes. Some of the stuff he does, he's, he's a good player, a really good hard worker and puts the tackles in every week. And uh, He didn't take a backward step either when uh, Danny Bruff had a bit of a pop at him. So uh, I was pleased to see that. Yeah, top meter makers, Mason Caton-Brown with 109, uh, Cop Jack with 80, uh, Matty Howe with 92, uh, Josh Griffin with 74, Junior Sow 113, Justin Carney with 111. Uh, you know, they made big meters. Uh, George Griffin with 98. You know, the, 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 obviously, you know, we need good goal forward. Um, and, you know, we got that on uh, Sunday. I thought we had muscled at this field, Rob. I really did. I just thought they wanted the game more than them. And they, they come they come onto that ball like train, some of the forwards. And they just seemed to, straight from the kickoff, there was only one team going to win that game for me. You, you mean, you've always got doubts. I mean, even at 20 nil, you, you don't know what's going to happen. But there was only one side going to win that game. There was only one side that wanted to win that game. And I'm just, just pleased that the, the lads played like that. And it's a short season, as we keep saying this. Now. And, uh, you know, if we can play at that intensity for the next the next six games, I think we're, we're going to have a really, really good solid middle eight. Yeah, looking at your, your three-word match reports um, and man of the matches from our listeners, uh, big thanks for sending them in every week. Uh, we love reading them out. Uh, Kevin McCollum uh, says Fetty Metiao's pass is man of the match was everybody's friend Mason Caton Brown. Uh, superb team performance uh, said Andy Rowe and his man of the match was Mason Caton Brown. Uh, Chairman Bob uh, his man of the match was Michael Dobson and his uh, three word match report was Giants brought uh, bruffed aside which is which is which is clever. Um, Revo great team effort. Um, so yeah, we've got a lot of people you know congratulating the team uh, on the great performance which it was. He certainly was, certainly was. And yeah, my man of the match was Michael Dobson. I thought Michael Dobson was outstanding. He was against Hull as well. I mean, he's lost a bit of that yard of pace, but he can still shift a bit, Michael Dobson. But I thought the way he managed the game, the way he led us around the pitch, his kicking game as well in the second half. You know, Robert Lewis' kicking game was, was quality in that first half as well, putting pressure on others' field. But for me, I just thought Dobson, he wears his heart on his sleeve, Dobson, and he works so hard, the graft that he puts in. He was my man of the match. Yeah, there's a lot of... Lot of... Twitter love being shown uh, on Sunday night for for Michael Dobson. But like you said, you know he's our he's our main general, and he gets everyone around the field. And he's tactically so aware, in, in my opinion, he gets us you know into into positions to cause opposition you know danger and, and damage. And 
you know, if he does that, you know, every week, obviously, like you say, he is obviously getting father time. He's sort of catching up with him a little bit. Uh, but, you know, he's still doing a great job for us. And I'm sure he's got, you know, might have 12 months, you know, 24 months maybe in the, in the tank. Uh, we'll never know. We'll have to wait and see, I suppose, won't we? Yeah, certainly. I think that he's got a time left. I mean, he got a lot of stick last season, Dobson, but I think he was. He was carrying injuries. And in this season, it, we've seen a fully fit Michael Dobson, haven't we? And I've been really impressed with him. I think he's played some of the best rugby of his career, especially the last few weeks. I mean, he's been outstanding and, and that, that's going to stand us in good stead. I mean, his partnership with Robert Lewis, you know, it's, it's growing every week, isn't it? And you've got Gareth O'Brien there linking in. We've played some really exciting rugby this season and I don't think I've seen a... I saw for time for a long time play play this expansive stuff. So uh, you know we're, we're good to watch. Yeah, next uh, three word match report. Uh, Colin Reynolds, great defensive effort. His man of the match was Mason Kate and Brown. Um, Ryan Wilkerson, crack classy Salford performance. Uh, J.K. Uh, said first half defence, um, and their man of the match was Dobson. Uh, Paul Carnett, Mason Kate and Brown, first job done. He's right there. You know, obviously, you know we wanted a good start, Paul, which we got. Uh, but it's only the first job when you've got uh, six other jobs to come. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We've got to keep that going now. There's no use sort of letting up this weekend and letting Lee beat us. We've got to keep that, that momentum going now. So, uh, especially in the next two games, because I think, like what someone was saying, you know, let's get the job done early, let's get the points on the board. You've got Lee away this Saturday, then we've got Hulk Air the following Friday, then it's the break for the Challenge Cup final. If we can go into that break with, I mean, six points would be great, but even four points. You've still got the, the championship sides at home. You've got Featherstone and London coming up at home. If we could go in there with six points, you're halfway there, aren't you? So uh, so it's a massive two weeks for me. Yeah, Paul King, season's best performance. His man in a match with Dobbo. And finally, Jake Charnock, solid, strong and clinical. I, I have to agree with, with Jake there. You know, we, we were unruffled. We, we played, you know, to the level where I thought possibly we weren't able to achieve it. It was clinical. There was no rush on, rush on it at all. It was just played it out, played the sets out, and played fantastic rugby league, and, you know, the the win was much deserved for me. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you could say, oh, what a field, a bobbin's the bottom of the, t- the finished bottom of the table, but I think, you know, they've improved as a, as a team, as a group, haven't they, you know, over the last few weeks, and they're not playing like they were at the start of the season, but they've lost an awful lot of games this season by, like, one score or one point, so they're not like the rubbing rags that sort of maybe Wakefield were last season. So, uh, you know, don't forget where they were last season, challenging for the top of the table. And the, the side hasn't changed that much. They've got some very good players, very experienced Super League players in that side. So, so to, to beat them, I mean, it was a good result. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We lost to them at home a few weeks ago. So to turn that round and, and beat them as, as convincingly as we did, I thought was really impressive. Yeah, my man of the match was Ben Murdoch Masala. Thought, he, you know, he, he was unbelievable. Uh, in the game, you know, obviously helped by other having other big forwards on the field with him, you know, was able to go out wide and do some serious damage. Um, and you know, I thought it was one of his best games in the Salford shirt in re- in recent games, anyway. Uh, so that was a great performance for the boys, a good win and a good start for our Super Eight qualifiers. And now what we'll do, we'll have a look what our amateur sides did uh, in the, in their game uh, this week with Paul. Well, this week's amateur review will start by looking at Salford Academy Under-19s. The Red Devils went down by 26 points to 2 away at the City of Hull Academy on Saturday. They were trailing by 20 points to 6 at half-time and made a real fist of it in the second half. With uh, two tries from Lewis Fairhurst and two tries from Jake Knox and Fairhurst also kicked three goals. The Young Devils lined up with Connor Williams, Elliot Kane, Ben Calland, Alex Gaskell, Jake Knox, John Whitaker, Lewis Fairhurst, Brad Storey, Aaron Moore, Luke Foden, Declan Hidden, Lewis Hatton. Lewis Gregory and on the bench was Lewis Brown, Chris Worrell, Lawrence Akanga Ajwang and Jack Cottington. So Salford down at the, at the bottom of the table really, fourth bottom, five wins from their 15 games with 10 defeats. So we've got 10 points at the moment. We're currently four points clear of London Broncos so uh, it looks like we're not going to finish near the bottom anyway as Cumbria and Newcastle are both in, occupying the bottom two with yet to register a win. So the Young Devils are lucky to go down there, 26 points to two at the City of Hull Academy. There is no fixture for the Young Devils this weekend. The Australian uh, schoolboys beat the England Academy in the latest uh, test match. They beat them by 50 points to 12. That's following on from their uh, their victory last week as well. We're now turning our attention to the National Conference Leagues, but we start with Division 2. Salford City Roosters were in action on Friday night, the 5th of August, and they went down by 26 points to 12 at home to Blackbrook. The Roosters now in, uh, in desperate trouble at the bottom of the table, but we are six points clear of Stanningley and Stanley Rangers, who both occupy the bottom two spots with four points. So the City Roosters are on ten points. 
The Roosters uh, were trailing by 14 points to 8 at half time and as I said went down 26 points to 12. The tries coming from George Kemp and Andrew Muscat and Bradley White kicked two goals. They are in action again this weekend. A massive game this weekend for the City Roosters. They go away from home against Stanley or one place below below them. So if Stanley were to win that, they would only be four points behind them in the league. So they need to win there this coming weekend to get that cushion again. So best of luck to the Salford City Roosters this coming weekend. The rest of the fixtures were played on Saturday, the 6th of August. And in the National Conference Premier Division, Sidor beat Rochdale Mayfield by 26 points to 25 in a real thrilling match. The Rochdale Mayfield led by 16 points to 6 at half-time, but went down to Sidor, who were top of the table and flying really high at the top of the table as well. Two points clear of Lee Minor Rangers, so Sidor with a big chance to uh, to claim the title this season. They beat Mayfield 26 points to 25. In Division 2, Hunslet Club Parkside beat Saddleworth Rangers by 48 points to 10. And in Division 3, our other two Oldham sides both went down as well. Oldham St Anne's 12, Wollstone Rovers 42 and the Ryland Sharks 64, Waterhead Warriors 0. So the fixtures for this weekend in the National League, they're all on Saturday the 13th of August and in the Premier Division it's Kells against Rochdale Mayfield, Division 2, Stanley Rangers against Saddleworth Rangers, Stanningley against Salford City Roosters and in Division 3 it's Castleford Panthers against Oldham St Anne's and Waterhead Warriors against Dewsbury Moor Maroons. Well, we turn our attentions now to the North West Men's League and there was loads of action this weekend. Uh, we'll also be speaking about the Simon Annis Cup shortly that was played between Carrie's Ed Rhinos and Bury Broncos, but I'm going to leave that out till the end. We'll have a special uh, special mention for that. So the rest of the results and fixtures, we started off on Friday night, which was the 5th of August. Manchester Rangers entertained the Blackpool Scorpions, and this was another thrilling match in the Division 2 of the North West Men's, and it finished Manchester Rangers 28, Blackpool Scorpions 29. So a really agonising defeat there for the Rangers. The rest of the games were played on Saturday, and uh, we start off with Folly Lane. Tremendous win for Folly. They beat Oral St. James by 30 points to 28. Oral St. James were top of the table. They've still not, uh, they weren't beaten all season. They played 10 1 10, and that is their first defeat. So Folly are now third in the table. Two points behind Latchford Albion, eight points behind Oral St. James. So there's quite a bit of a gap there. So that just shows the magnitude of that win. A great win for Folly Lane there on Saturday. Uh, in Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield A24, Oldham St. Anne's A0. And Berry Broncos had a good win. They beat Witness Tigers by 24 points to nil. So Berry Broncos stayed top of Division 2, played 15, won 10, lost 5. So they're three points clear of Lee Miners A. So that's another good good result for the Berry Broncos who are doing really well. In Division 3, Burtonwood Bridge 26, Fitton Hill 32. Bolton Mets 6, Little Hulton Reds 76. A fantastic win there for Little Hulton Reds, you know, really clocking up the points there. So they're, they're in a really tight league there in Division 4. So they're not too far off, uh, off the sides above them. It's a really close division. Eccleston Lions tops a little Hulton Reds are now fifth in the table and chasing the, the leading pack in front of them. So also in Division 4, Rochdale Cobras 16, Eccleston Lions 26, West Horton Lions 32, Manchester Rangers A22 and Caddy's Head Rhinos 36, Berry Broncos A30. We'll go on to speak about that shortly. I'll just give you the rest of the results. In Division 5, it was Clockface Miners A82, Salford City Roosters A0. So, bit of a drubbing there for Salford City Roosters. So, we wish the lads at Salford City Roosters all the best for next week. So, hope they can bounce back from that, that one. Uh, the fixtures for this week uh, are all being played on Saturday, the 13th of August. And they're as follows In Division 1, Folly Lane take on Latchwood Albion. A really big game there for Folly, as we said before. Latchford Albion, one place above Folly in the league. Folly have got a better points difference, quite quite a bit better. Actually, 33 points better off than Latchford. So if they to beat Latchford Albion, they would go above them into second. So best of luck to Folly on Saturday. In Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's A play the Berry Broncos. Pilkington Rex A play Rochdale Mayfield. Fitton Hill play the Chester Gladiators. And Division 4, Berry Broncos A play the Garswood Stags. Coldchef Eagles play Rochdale Cobras. Little Hulton Reds play the Manchester Rangers A. West Horton Lions play Caddies at Rhinos. And Division 5, it's Leyland Warriors A against the Salford City Roosters A. And in the entry division, Littleborough play Burnley and Pendle. So the North West Youth Leagues, we've not received any results this week, so I'm not really too sure if there was any games, but no results have been received. I have got the fixtures for this coming weekend. Uh, Sunday the 14th of August, the under-18s, Halton play Rochdale, Oldham play Oral. That's in the Premier 1. In Premier 2, Saddleworth play Blackbrook. And the under-16s, Division 2, Westbank play Salford, Saddleworth play Telford, Oldham play Liverpool Lions and Dalton play 
Higginshaw. In the Women's League, as well as a fixture in the Merit League, it's Barrow 8 against the Langworthy Reds. That game is on Sunday the 14th of August, so all the best to the women of Langworthy Reds. Well, as I mentioned earlier on, it was a big day on Saturday for the Cadizad Rhinos against Berry Broncos. Uh, the, the Rhinos retained the uh, the Simon Ennis Cup with the, with a victory by thirty six points to six against the Berry Broncos. Eh? It was another big crowd basking in the sunshine as Caddies had retained the cup. The Rhinos got off to the perfect start, forcing an error from the opening kick and taking full advantage with Richie Hayes crashing over a try converted by Nathan Veron to take an early lead. Caddies had dominated much of the early play with strong running from Wes Harrison and Tom Heyman, and they extended their lead to four, four, on fourteen minutes with Nathan Vernon scoring and converting his own try. Substitute Kieran Brady then made an immediate impact he came off the bench to power his way over for a converted try following Lee Faulkner's interception taking the score to 18 points to nil the Rhinos were looking in complete control with Hooker Tom Connor guiding his pack around the park and on 28 minutes Richie Hayes grabbed his second try with some powerful running and Nathan Vernon converted once again the visitor finally woke up on 31 minutes with a well worked try the Rhinos hit straight back though through Richie Hayes finishing off another good move taking the score to 30 points to 6 just before half time the Broncos grabbed a vital try taking the interval lead to score to a 30 points to 12 lead to the Cadizad Rhinos. The second half saw Berry start well with some clever kicking and some strong running, troubling the Rhinos and two unanswered tries sent a warning out to the Rhinos as the visitors pulled to within one score. The Rhinos showed character and battled hard with Jimmy Crozier and Captain George McNulty Shaw working hard in defence before Richie Hayes sealed a great performance with his fourth try of the afternoon and Nathan Vernon maintained his 100% kicking record taking the score to 36 points to 24. The Broncos were still playing well and set up a grandstand finish on 74 minutes with a converted try, taking the score to 36-30. The final five minutes saw the Rhinos take control with good field position and Tom Connor missed a chance to secure a victory with two wide drop goals attempts. But the Rhinos hung in there to clinch a well-deserved victory. So it was a brilliant day for the uh, Simon Ennis Cup and congratulations to Caddy Z Rhinos getting the result and good luck to them for the rest of the season. So that's it for all the amateur fixtures and results and news for this week. I'll uh, I'll catch you guys next week. Cheers for that, Paul. So now what we'll do, we'll look forward to the Saturday's game against Lee Centurions. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So big game on Saturday, Paul, in the Super 8 qualifiers against Lee Centurions. So for the full of confidence after the big win against Huddersfield Giants. You know, we're hoping for more of the same this week. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be um, a different sort of game, I think, going playing uh, Lee than what we played against Huddersfield. They're a very physical team, Lee. They've got a lot of um, a lot of experienced players as well, aren't they? A lot of Super League experienced players. Quite a few big names in the team as well. So, um, yeah, there's a big ex for contingent there. So, it's, it promises to be um, a really exciting afternoon and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, both teams won the first game. Uh, Lee beating London 34-30 in the first game at home. Uh, you know they're going to be full of confidence now after after that victory. Uh, but you know we, we're going to also going to go into that game full of confidence as well. It's going to be a cracking contest. Yeah, I, I saw a bit of the um, the game that they played against London. They were actually um, thirty four points to eight up in that game with about twelve minutes to go, and London have come right back in the last eight minutes, scoring you know four tries in the last eight minutes and nearly nearly pinching it. So you know they can't afford to clock off like that, Lee. And I'm sure their coach will have said to him this week, you know, if you do that against Salford, you're going to get your um, going to get burnt, like, aren't you? So um, I think I think we can score points against against Lee. Definitely, I don't think the defence is all up, up to much really. But um, they have got strike players on the pitch, haven't they? They've got these these couple of new signings. They brought in Mitch Brown and Matty Dawson. We know all about him from St Helens. He's a he's a good player and. You know, Mickey Iams going to be fired up there. I know he's getting on a bit now, but he's still uh, he's still a decent player. So um, there's people to watch out for. I, I particularly like the fullback, that Greg McNally. I think he's a, a clever player, and obviously they've got a good pair of halfbacks in Ridyard and Drinkwater. So I think there's danger men there for us to, to watch out for. Yeah, like you said, big solve for contingency. Harrison Anthem, Gareth Hawk, Rennie Matau. Uh, you know, there's going to be loads going on. Corey Patterson as well. You know, they want to get one over on on those in the dock, won't they? Andrew Dixon, there's yep, another one. one yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Uh, I don't know how. You know, I don't know whether they left under clouds or what. Them last season, those players. I think there's, there's obviously people know the rumours what have gone on. So I'm sure there's. Um, they're going to have a point to prove to Salford and, and Dr. Kukash. So 
But I think Salford have got a point to prove as well because um, I know we we beat them in the in the playoffs last season. But you know, I, I was at the is the game last season or the cup game there, and that left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth that day losing there in a the cup. So I think we can we can go there and uh, and put things right on on Saturday. And uh, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we'll go there with the right attitude. And I think that's what it's all about. Um, I, I think Lee are going to be physical. I think they'll try and uh, try and knock us off our game. I think they'll definitely try and, and wind Ben Murdoch Masala up, Justin Carney, people like that. But we've got to be ready for that. And I'm sure Tim Sheens and Ian Watson spoke to the players about the physical approach Lee, Lee are probably going to bring. So I, I think we'll be more than ready on, on Saturday. Yeah, I suppose coming into the game against Lee, you know, it's going to be a bit of a psychological bat- battle. They're going to want to test themselves against the very best in Super League. And, you know, obviously we're there going down to, to Lee, our second game of, of the middle eights. They're going to be full of confidence, but so we 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 went to Uddersfield. We you know we beat Uddersfield, you know a top side at home, and it's going to be a really good contest. Like you said, they've got stars, uh, you know, all over their team, but we've got you know stars on our team as well, so quite evenly matched. But you know we we've got you know the better players in my opinion. I think so as well, Robert. I, they 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 struggled to beat London, really, didn't they? Was hanging on a bit there. I know they had the game won, but. I don't think London are all that, to be honest. And um, I've seen bits of Lee this season, and I don't know. I'm not that. I'm not that convinced by by all that. I think you know, no disrespect to to people they brought in, like Sir Danny Tickle, and that he's a guy at the end of his career, really. And we've got we've got better players. You know, people like Josh Jones, who's in our squad, Ben Murdoch, Masala, Robert Lewis. They're better players than than what Lee have got, I think. But you know, there's some there's some good players at Lee as well, and there's some dangerous players. So we've just got to make sure that we're focused, and if we play with the right attitude and the same intensity that we played against Huddersfield, I'm sure that that'll that'll be enough to, to get us the two points. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter by how many we win on Saturday, as long as we go there, get the two points, and uh, we really are uh, rolling then in the middle eight. Yeah, I think it's the intensity levels that that need to be up because obviously Lee aren't used to playing at a Super League pace. In, in the first division, so if we play at the you know the super pace that we can play at in Super League, you know they won't be able to live with us, will they? No, and I think that's what found Lee out last season. I think they only won one game in the in the playoffs last season, didn't they? I think it was the last one as well against Sheffield. They lost the first six, and I think that's what they found difficult. There was there was backing up every week when they playing against you know. Uh, you know, Kingston Rose in there, they had Witness in there. I mean, all right, the, the lower teams are Super League, but they're full time teams, aren't they? And, you know, when you're in that championship and you're playing, say, Bradford, then the week after you play Whitehaven, then you've got Workington. So you're playing sides that are, you know, they're not full time teams, they've not got that, that sort of quality that you've got, so you can afford to rest a few. But it's like if Lee were to get promoted next season, you know, I think they find it difficult. I think they find it really difficult because Super League, the in places you play Leeds one week on the Friday night, next week you're backing up against St. Helens or Castleford. Or there's no there's no dummy teams, is there really in Super League? And the four Super League sides in this mid late, I think they're all decent sides, really, aren't they? Leeds, Old Car, and Huddersfield, and us. Um, so so Lee are going to find it tough, but um, I'm more than confident with going there. I mean, I've not been this confident since the Castleford Cup game, and look happen there so you never know what's going to happen with Salford do you but I, I think we'll, we'll do the business on Saturday definitely yeah I think the problem was with the Challenge Cup Dobson went off injured uh, we only had one kind of playmaker didn't we on, on the on the team I think Junior Sal went off as well you, you know, did yeah kind of a, you know, it, it kind of changes the dimension of the team when you're losing two you know big players like that isn't it yeah that, that Challenge Cup game was Lee last season um, God, it was like uh, they were dropping like nine pins weren't they and you know, we had Corey Patterson playing at standoff. Dobson went off, and we like, half the team were playing on one leg, weren't they? And if you remember, we nearly won that game, really, didn't we? If Ben Jones Bishop hadn't thrown that daft pass out, we probably would have won the match. So, uh, but yeah, I think um, I don't know. I was thinking about Lee. I think Lee were more dangerous last season. I don't think they've got that attacking attacking threat. They've not got Ryan Briley there this season. I don't think Liam Kay, the wingers playing, they didn't play this weekend. So I don't know if last weekend he was gone. Sorry. So I don't know whether he's injured. So. So I don't know. I think I think it's going to be tough. It's an away game, and they're going to raise their game out. This is a massive game for them. It's a big cup final game for them. If Lee win this one, they've got you know two wins already, and they're going to be looking at that top three, aren't they, in the in the playoffs? So uh, I think this is a massive game for for both sides, and um, you know the winner of this is uh, you know got one foot back in Super League. Yeah, a massive game for, for me, Paul. Obviously, intense levels are going to have to be high. Lee, top of the championship. But they've been there before, like we have. They they know the pitfalls from last season. I'm sure they're going to be up for this contest. But if we are able to back it up like we did against Huddersfield, if we're able to put the similar camp performance in again, uh, with the same intensity levels and same you know performance, you know I, I can't say anything about Salford win. 
No, I can't either. I, I, I'm totally confident. I think they will do. I think Ian Watson, Tim Sheens, love the players play, fired up. And I think the Salford players have, have got a point to prove as well. Not only to um, the RFL, but, you know, people who've doubted them this season, you know, we shouldn't really be down there where we are. And I think the players have got have switched on and they want to win all these games. And I think, you know, it's a big thing for me as a supporter as well that we finish above those other Super League teams and come top of this. I'd love nothing more than to, to win all, all the seven games and finish above Leeds. And I think that'll be really something then we can we can build on and take into next season. And I'm really excited about Saturday. I think it's going to be a great day. I think it's going to be a great occasion as well. There's a bit of a rivalry there. You know, hopefully we get a decent day weather-wise. I know I, I seem to say that every week, don't I? The weatherman. Yeah. But um, I think we're going to do And I think it's going to be a special atmosphere. And, you know, it, it's, it's a good day Saturday as well. Saturday afternoon game and... Uh, you know, if you've got nothing to do on Saturday, get down there because it's going to. I know it's on telly, like we said before, but it's it's an exciting game and it? it's got all the the makings of you know with all the history between the two teams and the bit of rivalry we've had, like we're saying, and the the players that have gone between us, you know, in the in the past few seasons, it's, it's got all the makings of like a classic game, hasn't it? Yeah, the, the nineteen hasn't been announced yet, Paul, but obviously, does Ian Watson stick with the same squad as last time, or does he bring you know a couple of you know new faces in that are going to be fresh? I think he's got to stay roughly with with the side that we had last time. Um, I don't know about Josh Jones. Um, but I've heard bits of things on the grapevine. What was he's had personal reasons and this, that, and the other. So hopefully he sorted them out. And you know he's got to be back in the squad the way he's been playing. So I'd have him back in. It depends on Justin Carney. He took a bit of a knock. So if he's not going to be back, obviously Ian's going to have to shuffle things there. And it'll be either Vido, I presume, or. For me, it'd be nine levels. I'd be I'd be drafted nine levels, and but I think the rest of the side I'd, I'd stay the same really. And you've got the the two new guys, Luke Burgess and Philly to Matteo, who did well against Huddersfield, so that I think they're both going to feature again. And I'd just keep it as it was, Luke Burgess on the bench, and perhaps just play Philly T again um, in the second row, or if Josh Jones comes back in, put Josh Jones in the second row and put Philly T on the bench. But then you're going to have to leave somebody out. So there's there's a few conundrums as, as there always is, but um, I'm sure they'll they'll. Uh, They'll, they'll pick the right 17. What we don't want to do is, is it happen exactly the same as the cup game where we were sort of short of a half-back for me. So I think obviously you, you learn from that lesson uh, and put maybe Evels on the bench. Uh, and then obviously you've got you know, O'Brien to slip into the half-back position if you know Dobson goes off injured again. They may target him like they did last time. That's oh, right, oh, yeah. You're spot on there, Robbie. you the nail on the head, really. That's good thinking because... Um, I think they are going to target players. I'm not saying they're a dirty team, Lee, but they're very physical, aren't they? And, and the bits of games I've seen again when they played at Bradford, I think in that summer bash weekend at Blackpool, they called it the summer bash, and it was the summer bash as well. They bashed seven bells out of Bradford, <laughs> and um, I think that's the, I think that's what they'll bring to the to the table on Saturday. So um, yeah, and, and that's a wise move, I think that sometimes. And if you've got somebody like Niall on the bench. He's an explosive player as well. Who can play? He can play in the halves now. Really, can't he? Can play in the centre. Play on the wing. Play at fullback. He's very, very versatile. So I think I'd, I'd go with somebody like that on the bench as well. Yeah. So give us your score prediction for the game on Saturday, Paul. I've had one in my head all week, and it's thirty-six sixteen to Salford. Thirty-six sixteen. I was going to go round about that. Uh, I'm going to go Lee eighteen Salford forty. I think we're going to run away with it at the end. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I was, I was quite impressed actually on uh, on Sunday because I, I nearly got the the Huddersfield one right. I said forty points to ten, <laughs> and thirty four twelve. So I wasn't too far out because there was a stage in that second half. I thought I'm going to be Bob on here with a score, but uh, no. But I'll take I'll, to be honest with you, I'll take any win on uh, on Saturday against Lee, even if it's a one point. It doesn't make any. It's all about getting those two points now. And uh, but I think thirty six eighteen, forty eighteen, something like. That. I mean. I'd be over the moon with that, Rob, wouldn't you? Yeah, a massive, massive win. Obviously, if we if we can perform like we did against Huddersfield, you know, and and win uh, like we did against Huddersfield, you know, it puts you know that bit of extra pressure on everyone else in in that in that Super Eight com, uh, Super Eight qualifying competition. Um, we need to continue our good form. We need to keep you know building the like Ian Watson would say the process. Uh, and I'm sure you know the players are going to be up for it. Show great intense levels and show great. You know, skill and, and, and calmness, I thought, under pressure against Huddersfield on, on Sunday. Uh, and if they can do that again uh, this week on Saturday, you know, it's only going to be two points for Salford, I reckon. Yeah, and there's another interesting game on, on Friday night. I think Leeds are entertaining uh, Hulkingston Rovers on, on Friday night at Headingley. So, 
if if it all goes to form there, you'd expect Leeds to win that game. So that then puts Hulkingston Rovers on one defeat, doesn't it? So if we do get the win against against Lee, you, you you're up there, aren't you, with Leeds? So it is all about. I think it's dead important these three games before um, before the Challenge Cup final because oh, don't forget we've got Hulk out of the week after. So them coming to Salford uh, a week on Friday, they they might have a defeat on the on the back, and we can really put doubt in their minds then by by beating them in that game. So these three before the, the cup final break are, are massive games really for us to uh, to do the hard work. Yeah. So that's a. Uh... So that's it, really, for this podcast. Paul, another good podcast. We enjoyed this one. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. And I'm just going to say again, if you can get to Lee on, on Saturday, get yourselves down there because let's let's fill that end behind the goals at Lee and be the uh, the 18th man because um, you know the support the players deserve our support on on Saturday. Yeah. So thanks for listening to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes at rlinternetradio.com. So thanks for listening to this week's podcast. And now we'll let Adam Warren play us out. Uh, so enjoy and listen to DJ Warren spin his wheels. Oh.